Good morning. Good morning. I hated the inner, can you hear me? Husband, can they hear, there you go. He doesn't like to hear me, he probably had me turned off here. Um, I hated to interrupt all that good fellowshipping going on. Everybody was talking and hugging and having a good time. First thing this morning, if we have any visitors, we welcome you. We always welcome you. If you've got any questions or need to know where to go or what to do, just tap somebody or whoever you're with and they'll show you where the restrooms and everything are. Also forgiving, y'all know the y'all know the um, routine. We've got the giving box back there on the wall, uh, mail. And if you're real tech savvy, you can do it online. We've got several announcements for this week. Wednesday, we will have Bible study with Pastor Ray Owens. And the youth will be meeting with Bryce Lovelady. Let's see, move-in day is Thursday. The moving van will be here. The moving people will be here Thursday. Uh, you'll get a text sent out for about what time everything's going to happen. Not, it would be uh, great if some of y'all could come by, see if anybody needs help, um, say hello, welcome them in. Just, you know, drop by and see how everything's going. But like I said, you'll get a text letting you know what time and all. Speaking of, let me get my notes out. Speaking of technology here, we've got Wednesday the 5th, we're going to have a potluck meal honoring the masters. So plan on Wednesday the 5th, bringing some yummy food and we'll get together and fellowship with them and get to know them and visit with them. This week, as uh, we need workers for a last minute cleaning at 115 Dodson Place, that's gonna be the parsonage, this Monday evening as in tomorrow, from six to eight, rags and cleaning supplies will be furnished by the church. It's just some like cleaning inside the cabinets, uh, you know, the floors, getting it all spick and span and ready for them to move in and everything's ready. We're also, going to do an old-fashioned pounding. Now, if you're like my husband, <laughs> I said that, and he looked at me, and he said, we're what? So, if you don't know what a pounding is, we're not going to beat up the new pastor and his wife, okay? It's an old-fashioned way of welcome. I'm going to read it to you. It's an old-fashioned way of welcoming a new minister to the church. Uh, in the old days, they would eat, take an item to their home and sit and visit with them. But in 2023, you're going to bring your items up here and put them in the kitchen. There's going to be a box in the kitchen. And it's just items, pantry items is basically what it is. So if you would, let's get them started off with their kitchen full of goodies and bring something up here from today through the... Let me see what day. 29th, Wednesday the 29th. And Easter, see, Palm Sunday is next week. And our new preacher will be preaching that morning. 
Then we have Easter Sunday, which will be April 9th, and the children are going to have an Easter egg hunt during Children's Church. And I think, is everything provided on that? Okay, Sherry, yes. Okay. And now we will start worshiping. I told y'all we had a lot of announcements today. We will worship in song. Oh, I forgot one. Hang on. You have an insert. You do have an insert. But these things for Grace Place, they need to be delivered. She's going to deliver them on April 3rd. So if you could get everything up here, the boxes for that are right there in the narthex. If you're bringing clothes, please make sure they're washed. And Kathy will get those items where they belong. Thank you. Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. If you're able, let's stand and start our worship with song. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Wonderful peace.
to continue to stand worthy is the lamb let's sing that Thank you for 
God's people said, Amen. Amen. Okay, children, you can go to Children's Church. was beautiful singing. I love those songs. On our prayer list today, we unfortunately have several, and I know there's many, many, many more on your heart that you'll think of later or you'll, you're thinking of now, but just know that God knows every single one of them, and he knows every detail. Um, we've got of course, Pastor Dan and Lynn Masters, they're going to be arriving Wednesday. And then, like I said, the moving truck will be Thursday. So just pray for them and all the changes and everything that's going on in their lives right now. And be thankful for them. Gene uh, Ward's going to be having knee surgery. Ruth Dartez, Liam Reagan, Dora Price, Debbie Boyder, Mary Crane, Vera Eady, Tommy and Sandra Lawson, Larry Haste, and Mr. Alton Cooper, a praise that he's doing better. I have a couple more that I got this morning. Um, Sherry's cousin, Scott Glover, he's going to be going through a skin graft and the prayers are that it will take. And Car our Carly is going to be having an MRI this week and she's going to have to be sedated so we ask prayer for her. And my little uh, maverick, my grandson, we're going to Dr. King tomorrow to see if we can figure out what's going on with his uh, passing out spells. So, like I said, there's these and many. Yes. Miss Dora passed away Friday night, and then about 12 hours later, Ruth passed away. Oh, I'm so sorry. So, Miss Dora and Miss Ruth both passed away. We'll be keeping their families in our prayers. Thank you. Let's go to God. Father, please, we, we pray that you, and we know that you are in each of these situations. We know that you know exactly what's needed. And Lord, we just pray that people turn to you for the peace that only you can give, the comfort that only you can give. We just ask for healing. We ask for peace, comfort, all of the things that go with all of these situations, and not just the person involved, but the family and the friends. Lord, we thank you for our new pastors. We pray for safe passage here. We, we thank you that you provided the team here that worked so diligently to find what we needed, and we, we thank you for them. And we ask that you help us as a church, as a family, welcome them and make them feel like this is their new home. We ask for all of these things and we thank you for all of these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I was thinking about, this is the, the uh, first week of spring. And you know, people always ask you what's your favorite season. Mine is whichever one's coming up next. <laughs> Because I like change. 
I do. I like change. So when the fall leaves start, I think, oh, this is my favorite time. But then when they go away and the new green grass comes out, I think, oh, this is my favorite time. So it is the first week of spring. We have new pastors coming in. And it reminded me of Ecclesiastes 3.18. And there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. We know what all that involves. In our season, um, I was getting really sad because we're saying goodbye to our interim pastors, both of you, but we know you're not going anywhere. And we know that you're still going to be around, and we thank you so much. And it's an end of a season, but it's the beginning of a new season. And I'm excited for what it has in store for us. So with that being said, I invite you back up to the podium, and not for the last time. Come on up, Bryce. Um, good morning, church family. Uh, as y'all know, uh, we went on youth retreat this past weekend, and let me tell you, uh, it was awesome. Uh, it was my first experience at Camp Pollock, and I loved it. Um, the kids loved it. There was a lot of laughs um, that during the weekend. We had a good time. Um, they talked about in uh, service, they talked about taking a stand, especially in our younger de generation. And like a lot of times uh, kids are scared to take that stand and stand out even though God calls us as Christians to stand out. And so that was in the, the theme for the weekend was don't blink. And that means like life is going to go past you. Like you're going to be out of high school, you're going to be out of middle school in a blink of an eye. And so don't waste that time that you have in those moments. And it was funny, we played a game and I didn't, I, it was funny because I didn't even realize this until after, after. I did some prayer after I got back. Um, we played a game where it was like we were hunters, and the they were um, some of the staffers of, of the retreat were animals, and they were worth a certain amount of points, and they were hiding all over the camp. And so our job as a youth group was to go find them, and we were supposed to tag them. And if we tagged them, we got a little slip that gave us points. Okay. Well, we decided to take the long route. And so what we did is we went the back route. When everybody went this way, we took the route and went through the woods and cut. And I didn't think about it like this, but a lot of times people tend to try to take the shortcut to everything instead of taking the long journey through everything that they do. And God showed that to me afterwards, which I'm going to talk to them about it who went on retreat. But that's what we have to do sometimes is take the long journey because God's going to be with us through those deep waters in all times. So retreat was amazing. I got to know the kids a lot better this weekend. I got to know their personalities, what they don't like, what they do like, and stuff like that. I did take their phones away. They didn't like that. They didn't like me that for that. Um, but it's also, in my opinion, why you need your phone like in that. Because I told them, I was like, the reason I'm taking your phones is I want you to focus on God and focus on building relationships with each other. Because that's what community is, and that's what I want. Um, my youth group is to be built on unity and stuff like that. And so uh, I really appreciate y'all letting them go. Um, and I look forward to continuing to just uh, letting God minister to them through me. So.
Thank you all. Bryce is awesome. Thank you for your support of him. And in my absence, I pray you'd continue to uh, support him and uh, love on him. And especially, you know, a young leader, give a lot of grace and a lot of patience for that. Uh, thank you, Barbara, for the words. Uh, while today is my last uh, sermon as pastor, it's not my last sermon. Um, I'd already agreed to try to come back when Dan's gone and speak at the times that, 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 that he's gone a lot as much as I can. And I will say, except for North Crossings, you're the only church I've agreed to do that to. Uh, because obviously we've developed a love. Now Carvin gets to come here every Sunday. He's not speaking somewhere. But I'll slip back in. And just for clarification, some things have come up in the transition. And the last time we did this in June, I stayed a couple weeks. But I'm still here for about another week. I'm still your pastor for another week and let him get settled in. But Dan does have a sermon. Uh, pastor Dan, excuse me, does have Pastor Dan. Doesn't that sound good? Not Lieutenant, Pastor Dan, okay? That went over. Yeah, never mind. Go. Google it after church, okay? Anyway, uh, he, he's got a sermon for Sunday, and I confirmed it with him, and one for Easter, already laid it out, because I needed to share with him what I was covering today. And he's excited, he's ready. And so there's even a chance I might even be able to be here Sunday to hear it. And definitely the following Wednesday night when we all get together and eat. Where two or three are gathered together, we need to eat, okay? And so... I know that a lot of you guys that just come on Sunday don't get to, but, you know, uh, Holy Week, it's a good time to maybe make some sacrifice and think about it. But if that Wednesday night you get a chance, you know, cook something up, bring it in, and let's see. It, it won't be this Wednesday night. I'll be sharing um, one of our tough questions we've been asking. Um, last week we did what happens to me when I die, and everybody's like, oh, no, is it going to be bad? And I will tell you, everybody's there left pretty happy. Because we all know what's going to happen, and we're ready to go, you know. Now, we're not rushing it up. I had to make them promise to not rush it up. Some of them, I think, wanted to hurry up and go, you know, when we talked about what happens. But we're going to talk about another tough question this Wednesday night. A lot of exciting things. But the following Wednesday night, if you're free, we'd love for you to come and eat. The Dan will be there, and I might even get Dana to come with me. Uh, that's kind of hard sometimes. They're in a women's retreat this weekend. So I've been batching it uh, and over at the house a little bit. And thank you for everything. Also, I, I appreciate what you said about a text. We'll probably get some more out. I know Monday, tomorrow afternoon, I think Marlon and I and a few of us are going to work in the yard. There are opportunities to work over there. I think the painting's done now. We'll check that out. So there might be opportunities to do some things to just get things spiffed up. So be aware of that as well. Man, it's good to see each of you. If you turn the back of your uh, bulletin, out, the outline is there. And uh, with Miss Brooks' help, we'll, we'll try to work through this. I have been sharing for uh, several weeks uh, prior to Christmas on becoming a man of God. And I used Peter. And I just went through some highlights of Peter's life of how God turned him from a pretty, you know, pretty out of it fisherman 
to frankly the head of the church almost he and James the head of the church and how the transition occurred in his life to become a man of God and like I've said many times I think the uh, chosen series has done a great job of portraying uh, Peter and, and all those things and we talked about the, the you know the time that that Jesus asked him to go out and go deep and drop the nets down deep and the fish we talked about stepping out of your boat when all of a sudden a storm's there when it when absolutely it's insane to get out of the boat he asked well if it's really you let me get out of the boat and step right into the storm we talked about that we talked about how God tried to work with Peter and teach him his math his math is different God's math is figured on a grace calculation. It's all about grace. And it doesn't make sense. Remember it talks about if you want to live, you die. Well, that's weird. Not for us of faith. We understand that. So we talked about that. We talked about letting God be God. In other words, he's the boss, I'm not. Right? And we talked about that. We went to, uh, we talked about them visiting the mountain where they saw Elijah and, you know, all the things that happened and Peter got all excited and what all he wanted to do. And then a couple weeks ago as we built for Easter, we came back and we talked about being there when Jesus needs you. And he, we were in the garden, if you remember, and Jesus needed the guys and they couldn't stay awake. And many times it's true, our spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak. And we really need to be prayed up and be strong to be ready when Jesus needs us. And then last week we talked about facing failure, the super infamous time when Peter denied Jesus three times there outside the court area. Um, and we talked about that and how God takes a broken heart and transforms it. So today I want to talk about despair and where he is, he's depressed, obviously, about that, all the things that's happening, and moving to destiny. But before I, I do that, I wanted to tell you a story. People need hope. Do you agree with that? Oh, I'm going to quote my wife. Oh, my stars. That's what she says. Or bless it. People need hope. There's a young lady named Brenda. Brenda's life started out real well. It was awesome, you know, things were going good. But she found out as life went on, all your dreams don't always work out. She wanted to obviously get married, marry Prince Charming, get on the horse, ride off into the sunset. How many of you know that don't always work that way? It doesn't work that way, yes. And Brenda uh, met a man, she thought he was the one, she got married, she found out he wasn't. She got out of school and ended up joining the Marines and met another Marine, got married. Anyway, as time went on, they, they had a child and uh, unfortunately a major accident occurred where her husband actually dropped her child. Uh, the child was able to live but ended up being a paraplegic. Uh, the husband began to you know zone out. Uh, she was pregnant again and finally upon the second birth, the husband left her. So there she is from the dreams of her whole life. And I want to tell you, every woman, every girl that's in, in this church is a daughter of God. And I want to tell you they're princesses of the Most High King. And God has plans for them. 
And just like he does for us guys, he has plans for them. He loves them. And there's dreams. And she had dreams. And then just a few years later, her life is in total despair. She's all alone. And there she is. And she thought that maybe God had given up on her. And I wonder, we're going to hold that on Brenda and I'll talk about her a little later. I wonder how many times we felt that way. Now, let's be honest, we're in church. Sometimes, I don't care who you are, you're going to get to the point of despair. And you're going to wonder, man, life isn't turning out good. And that's where we find Peter. Same, same place. Life hadn't worked out. We have times, oh, if I've heard the times, this is a dream job. If I just get this job, it'll be great. And by the way, in Brenda's case, if I just have another child, the marriage will be great. Okay? All the things we dream about, all the things that we want to do, if I find the, oh my goodness, mercy's built on this. If I, all these girls, if they just, if I get the right guy, if I just, this, and popular, I'll be okay. And thank goodness for transformation. Let me tell you, it's all about having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, knowing who you are in Him. Your esteem is not self, it's God esteem. And that's why I pushed Psalms 139 so much, is, is it's just needed today. So anyway, Peter pretty much probably thought he was done. Two people messed up of the disciples. One of them did what a lot of people do. Just couldn't take it. I messed up. I betrayed him. I loved him. But man, I got caught up in taking a little from the till. I got caught up in that he didn't do it the way I wanted him to do it. He didn't take over and become the king like he told us he was. I wanted a kingdom of this world. And so I betrayed him and come to find out he's the best man I ever knew. He really is like God. I can't handle it. And he went out and hung himself. Suicide is always a human permanent solution to a temporary problem. Proof. The other guy denied him three times in public and Jesus turned and looked at him. And he went bitterly to all the other chickens who were in a room somewhere crying and worried about it. And let's see what the transformation was when he ran back to God. So when problems come our way, we got a choice. We can run to the world, we can run away, we can be so down about it, we take our life, which is totally wrong, or we can run to God and be transformed and go to heights we never dreamed about. Amen? And that's what this is all about today in a nutshell. Let's look at the scripture. I have with you Mark. I didn't want to take away uh, the one that Dan was, Brother Dan was using. So here you go. Mark 16, 1 through 8. The next evening, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Salome, Mary, the mother of James, went out and purchased burial spices to put on Jesus' body. Y'all know sat for a Saturday night in the evening, the Sabbath's over, and they, they can go. Actually, in Jerusalem, the mall's open on Saturday night. I, I was, I've been there, seen that. That's what happens. Very early on Sunday morning, that's their first day of the week, just at sunrise they came to the tomb. On the way they were discussing who would roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb. 
But when they arrived, they looked up and saw the stone. A very large one had already been rolled aside. So they entered the tomb, and there on the right sat a young woman clothed in a white robe. The woman was startled. But the angel said, Do not be surprised. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He isn't here. He's been raised from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and give the message to his disciples, and underline this, including Peter. That's very important. Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you he died. The woman, the woman fled the tomb. The women fled the tomb, trembling and bewildered, saying nothing to anyone because they were too frightened to talk. Then they reported all these instructions briefly to Peter and his companions. Afterward, Jesus himself sent them out from east to west with the sacred and unfailing message of salvation that gives eternal life. And all of us say, Amen. beautiful scripture. Father, take these words, take this scripture, apply it to our life, Lord. Everything I say, may it be something that you can use in our hearts. Transform us, encourage us, challenge us, be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Based on this resurrection story here, how can we draw hope from this? And the number one thing on your outline there is when life doesn't look possible, believe in the impossible. We're going to close today singing about that. When life doesn't look possible, believe in the impossible. Notice verse 3. The ladies were on their way to the tomb. How in the world are we going to even get in there? This is a giant stone. Now, I've been to the tomb. The stone that's there, they say, isn't the original one. But let me tell you, you wouldn't be moving it. In fact, several guys tend to move it slightly up. The guy chips it out so it's at an incline. And it has a thing, uh, I guess you, you call it a stob, <laughs> you know, to hold it. And when the person passes, they let this come down. They're, you're not going to be, the women, it was impossible. They weren't going to be able to get in there. It's impossible. But notice on your outline, I've got a scripture there, Jesus part of it. Jesus quoted this or said this, what is impossible from human perspective or with man is possible with God. Isn't that precious? What is impossible for God to do? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Well, why doesn't God make my kids straight? I'll go ahead and ask you a tough one. Why don't God straighten me out? I prayed before, Lord, straighten me out, but be nice. <laughs> because God could, but God has chosen in few areas to pull off and give me free of choice, right? I have the freedom to choose. But God is all powerful. There's nothing impossible for him. And we know that we need to ask for things and seek. And sometimes the answer is no, but it's for our good. God is in control. You know, I think one reason Jesus loved children is because they believe. We have to have faith like a child. We believe. A guy took his daughter and his two grandchildren to a tour of New York City, and they ended up going to St. Patrick's Cathedral, and it's so awesome and huge and all this sort of thing. And, and they really weren't Catholic. They didn't know a lot about what's going on. 
and they were candle lighting at the time. And so they were really interested in the candle lighting. They hadn't seen that. And so I said, Grandpa, what's that about? I said, well, people, when they pray, they light a candle, and that's their prayer, and they go up and, and, and do that. And said, well, what, what do you mean? They're, well, they're prayers of thanks, and sometimes there's prayers of petition. And, of course, he shouldn't have probably said that word. They go, well, Papa, Grandpa, what is petition? And he said, well, a petition is when you ask for something for God that you really, really want, and you just, it's a super request where you pour out your heart to God and you really want it. Well, Papa, can we go down there and do that? So, okay. So they went down, they lit a candle, and the little five-year-old at the end of it said, uh, you know, Papa, if we step outside and there's a pony out there, I just want you to know it's mine. <laughs> you know, there might be somebody that thinks that's a little sacrilegious or whatever, but no, it isn't. That's pure faith. If I pray for it and it's out there, I know God can do it. I want to have a childlike faith. You know one of the neat things about getting old and losing your mind is you kind of go back to your childhood. I think I probably have more faith now than I ever had. Is there anybody that resembles that? <laughs> you or somebody in your family might face impossible stone removal issues. You know, little Maverick going to be tested. You just went through all the others and bless the heart to two sisters. Boom, wow. Uh, my sweet Priscilla, we all love dearly. All she's gone through. We face in, in, in impossible odds. Things that many of you, I can go around here and just, I've got to know y'all well enough. I can go around and just me in a, in a couple years, name some of your things that you're going through, or some of your struggles, or some of your issues. Just remember that scripture. Nothing is impossible with God. Who do you need to run to? God. Who do you need to give it to? God. Number two. Even when we have failed him, he has not forsaken us. Thank you, Jesus. Even when I fail him, he will not forsake me. One of the greatest football stories of all time happened in the Rose Bowl in 1929 between Georgia Tech and California. And near the end of the first half, California had the ball and was moving it when they fumbled. And a player for California, Roy Regals, scooped up the ball and began to run to the goal line. This is a college player's dream. In a big Rose Bowl game, back then that was the biggest game there was. You know, they didn't have the BCS and all that. Grab the ball, you're running, nobody's there, and he's going for a touchdown. You know, the 10, he was way down here, 10, 20, 30, 40. Then all of a sudden he got tackled by one of his own players. Almost fixing to make a touchdown because he was running the wrong way. Very famous. Google it. Amazing. Amazing. Well, this is one of the biggest games of the entire career of California and the whole thing, and he's run the wrong way, and he's got him down there. Well, the other team, they, got, they still had the ball, but... They didn't do too good, and the other team got a safety. That's two points, and you have to kick it off. So it was kind of bad. They're sitting at halftime, and according to the story, Coach Price 
talked into the team, tried to encourage them and everything, but he didn't really do a big pep talk. The whole team was just in shock. Roy was there with a towel over his head, sobbing, crying. And finally the coach yelled out, and, and, and I quote, he said, every player who started the game will start the second half. And everybody went, what? I didn't want that guy on the you know, that kind of deal. Oh, <laughs> he don't know which way's what, you know? Uh-uh. Well, Roy just sat there crying. Nobody could believe what they heard. And finally the coach went up and said, get out on the field. I, he said, Roy said, I can't. I failed you. I failed the team. I failed the school. I failed myself. I'm just a failure. It's terrible. I don't even, I can't even fathom how terrible it is. You know, he was just on and on and on and on. And so anyway, he, he said, well, i tell you what. We have one more half. Get out of there for the second half and give it all you got. So sure enough, the Georgia Tech players will tell you that Roy Regal in the second half played like nobody ever played before. He uh, blocked a punt, which rarely happens. Y'all know that. He was all on. He ended up next year being in the Hall of, uh, uh, an All-American year, ended up in the Hall of Fame. In other words, he could have ruined his life right there. And that's why as a parent, when we deal with failure, we need to realize it's important how we handle it. Okay? And why did he do it? His coach believed in him and he challenged him. And I thought about that. God comes to us when we mess up, just like Roy. God comes to us, puts his arm around us, and says, get up and go back in. The game's only half over. And, you know, they say it's not over till the you-know-what sings, right? <laughs> no, it's not over until God says, it is finished. And you know what Jesus said on the cross? It is finished. And in the end, we'll hear the trumpet sound, we'll get to be with the Lord. And you know, the angel did the same thing when he's talking to the girls and encouraging the ladies and all that. He says, now go tell them all this good news. They're all back there scared to death. I understand that's human, I got it. Their life is crumbled, everything's falling apart. Go tell them, especially the guy that messed up. Go tell especially Peter. And you know what? If Judas had turned back to God, he'd said, go tell Judas and Peter. I want to tell you, God's no respecter of persons. And if you fail and you turn back to him and you go, just like that point says, you know, you're not forsaken. You're not forsaken. Look at the scriptures on the outline. Oh, Lord, you're so good, so ready to forgive, so full of unfailing love for all who ask your aid. Memorize that. Memorize that. That's a beautiful scripture. The Lord is merciful and gracious. He's slow to get angry. Thank you. Full of unfailing love. And then a little last part, verse 10. He has not punished us for all our sins, nor does he deal with us as we deserve. Man, those right there are good refrigerate. That's actually a computer scripture. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thirdly, God not only knows where we've been, 
He has been where you're going. Remember multiple times I think I've shared with you that if you study God, you'll understand God is in the future at the same time He's right here in this place tonight as we speak, and He can be in the past all at the same time. <laughs> We're very limited in our understanding, but God is in the past, the present, the future. He is not controlled by dimension of time. God can know I'm going to do something dumb and still know it and yet love me the whole time knowing it. Now, I'm not that good. If I know you're going to just, you know, you're going to hurt me, I'm not loving it. And you wouldn't either. Don't get too religious on me. We're human, but God's able to know the future not necessarily intervene in it and, and still love us. He's amazing. He knows. And Jesus tells him, go ahead to Galilee and I'll be waiting on you. I'm already going to be at Galilee. I'm waiting on you. I think Jesus always goes ahead. And do you think Jesus knew what was going to happen to him? By the way, does anybody even have a doubt? Did he like, oh, I'm being crucified. Oh, no, the Bible's full of all the times. Look at what he was doing in the garden. Remember last week we were talking about it. But look on your outline, John 16, 20. Truly you will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me, but the world will rejoice. That was the religious establishment and the Romans. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy when you see me again after the resurrection. Look at that. Priscilla, this is for you. There's a pastor that he got moved to Hawaii. Now, there's people in this world, if they got a call to move to Hawaii, would go, wow, paradise. There's other people go, that's too far away from my kids. You know, it, it just depends on how you look at it. He got moved to Hawaii, and of course, he was a football fanatic. Well, this is before satellite and all that. Games were played six hours ahead of time. So he got him a shortwave radio so he could listen to anything. You know, they didn't have internet and all that, so he could listen to it. So he says that he would listen to the game live then six hours later, watch it on TV, okay? And he said every now and then he'd be watching it and he'd get into the game and yell, you crazy, don't you know? You know and I, he's already heard the game. He already knows the outcome of the game, but he's getting into it. Well, I'm here to tell you, wouldn't that be neat if we could know the outcome? Well, I'll tell you, I don't know what exactly will happen to me the rest of the day or tomorrow. I have hope and faith and I think we should think good, but I don't know. But I know who holds tomorrow. I know I have faith in who holds tomorrow. And I've read the end of the book. Hit your phone, turn to your Bible app, go to the very end of Revelation and read. We win the game. And it's okay to get excited, people, now because we win the game. In fact, when we're going through trials and tribulations, I will preach this. I do not have it perfected. But it says when we go through trials and tribulations, rejoice. Because God, you know, it's almost like, I think a neat way that 
works for me is I'm going through this, Lord. Woo, how in the world are you going to turn out this for good? This is a mess. And he does. He turns our mess into something good. And he's doing that for Peter. And he'll do it for us as well. Number four, the darkness of your past does not determine the brightness of your destiny. We have a lady at our church, Ms. Renee, and she was doing the kids' church around Christmas time, and the kids were doing some art projects, and, and the class was working on it. And when she went by, there was a little, little boy, Steve, and actually Stephen, and he was coloring a sheet, and it really didn't turn out too good. Bless you teachers when you look at something and it looks terrible, you know. And it didn't look too good, and Stephen even knew it. And he said, Miss Renee, I want a clean sheet of paper so I can start over. Smart kid. By the way, you ever been there and want a clean sheet of paper and start over? Like every day? <laughs> I'd say about once a week. Well, Miss Renee sat down beside him and said, you don't need a clean sheet of paper. Let me help you. And she took the crayons and, the, you know, and started drawing clouds and doing all this stuff. And four is all over with and ended up the, the little boy right there sitting like, wow, she turned that mess into a masterpiece. And believe it or not, we serve a God that likes to turn our mess into a masterpiece. Pastor, you have lost it. Well, let's see what the Word says. Look at the Scripture. Ephesians 2. For we are God's masterpiece. Stop just a minute. Turn to the person next to him and tell him, you're a masterpiece. There you go. Not a piece of work. A masterpiece. Okay. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. In other words, he's taken the crayons and colored our life. I looked all messed up and he's colored my life. That's what I'm talking about. So that we can do good things he's planned for us long ago. And then we all know Jeremiah 29, 11. God says, I know the plans I have for you. They're for good. They're to succeed. They're, they're, they're not for disaster. You have a future. You have a hope. In those days when you pray, in other words, I think the way to say that is when you turn to me in your disaster. Our last verse of our text up there, you know, I, I kept that in there. Most people would leave it off because it's the end of the story. Go tell Peter and the companions. And then it jumps way ahead of time and says afterward, you know, Jesus himself sent them out from east to west, you know. And here's what I was thinking. Jesus took them anyway, even though they messed up. And he took guys who were in despair, okay, ragtag guys, spent three years with them. They were in despair. They're all depressed. And he met with them again, spent some time with them, and turned them into guys of destiny. And they changed the world. In fact, there's a book called 13 Men Who Changed the World. Jesus and the 12 disciples. Judas was replaced by Paul. Okay, 13 men. There's never been anybody change the world like this. Even the people that hate us would agree with that. So just think what God can do. Just think what God can do. I want to close with a couple things. One is, remember we left Brenda 
the girl that had all the dreams and things didn't go so well and she got in the Marines and then she married a jerk and one thing led and she's out here with a disabled child and another kid, single mom, 26 years of age. Well, she got a job at a grocery store and she was being a checkout at a grocery store and this other guy named Curtis started working there and on his very first day there was a price check. Do y'all remember what that was? That's like, not like it is today. And you know, I need a price check on all 13. <laughs> you, know, you know how that goes. So this guy that came up, Curtis, the new, new guy, young guy, he was 22. He comes up and he gives her the price check and he never, he, he saw Brenda and something happened. He said, wow. You know how that happens? Only God can do that. I mean, it's, it's crazy. So, you know, he thought, well, this is good. So they talked a little bit in the break room and she kind of blew him off. He's, you know, he's younger than me. And not just the age, but she had kids and, you know, all that. He was a young guy, never been married, all these things. So they talked a little bit. Well, one day, um, he, he kept talking to her. He was driving home. And she was walking, and he stopped and picked her up and said, look, I'll give you a ride. He took her home, got her home, and uh, finally it blurted out, hey, would you go out with me on Friday night after work? Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? I've got two kids. Well, what's wrong with that? Well, I, I need daycare. I'll pay for the daycare. Well, I, I, I'll do that. I'll do that. Okay, okay. Well, Friday night came around, showed up, can't go out. Came to the door, he's all excited, can't go out. Why? The babysitter didn't show up. Well, we'll take him with us. Well, she knew she had him now. Well, come in here and meet my kids. There was one little one and one in a wheelchair. Brenda says, you can read it in her book, that she saw that Curtis, go over there to that little boy, love on him in the wheelchair, pick him up and carry him. Curtis was a big guy. Carried him. They went on a date and loved on him, took care of every single need he had all night on that date. Now, what went through Brenda's head? Oh, my stars. There is a God. Well, fast forward a year later, they get married. And they get married with the two kids. And you don't know them. You don't know Curtis and Brenda. But you do and have heard probably of Mr. and Mrs. Kurt Warner. If you know anything about sports or media, Kurt Warner's a two-time Super Bowl quarterback, MVP, both quarterback and of a Super Bowl, taking two teams to the Super Bowl, been to the Super Bowl three times. Um, he's a strong Christian. He's on the TV all the time talking. His wife, they just had a movie that came out uh, the end of last year on, on their life, and, and she's in there and transformed it. So not too bad to go from having nothing to a good-looking, big MVP quarterback who loves Jesus. If you would have asked Brenda... At any point in her life, 
Do you think you would ever get even a good-looking great guy, or are there even great guys out there? I think that's actually a good question. She would have told you no, but if you would have told her, yep, three years from now you're going to be married, or two years from now, but three years from now your, your husband's going to win the MVP. You're going to be a multimillionaire. You're going to have a platform to share your faith and what you believe in and, and your testimony to millions of people. You're going to write two books. You're going to do all this stuff. What would she have said? You're crazy. What are you taking? Nothing is impossible with God. And actually when you get in despair and you get down there, if you turn to God and you really get rid of what... If what you've been doing, you keep doing, and you expect different results, you need to go to Pineville and stay for about six months. So if your life is going on, you're living the dream, you're, you're on Facebook, you're watching TV, you're downloading all the music videos, you're all into the world and the the pictures, the selfies, and everything going on. You're into it. You drink a little. You party a little. Oh, you wish you were in Hollywood. And your life ends up, boom. You know what? Even if you don't go to Jesus, you ought to have enough sense to go, I need to turn around and do something different. Get around good people that love one another, that's been married for 25, 30, 45 years. Whatever it is, love on each other. Get in church. And that's what God's saying. Run to me. Turn around your life and do something different. And so when despair comes, it's an opportunity when Jesus is telling you exactly what to do. Run to me. Change some things. Depend on me. And I can do impossible. But we don't get there when we're living high on the hog and we think we're self-sufficient. Why does the scripture say it's hard for a, a rich man to get to heaven? It's not impossible. And you know why I know it's not impossible? Carmen could tell you this. By the world standard, everybody in this room is rich. There are countries that $300 a year is all they make or $400 a year. I mean, I've made that in 15 minutes before speaking somewhere, or, you know, in a, as a psychologist or what. My point is, we're all rich. The poorest of us in here are rich. No, it's not the money. It says for a camel to go through an eye of a needle, he has to humble himself, get down, remember, and kind of crawl to get through it. It's because we, if you become self-sufficient in and of yourself, you're not going to go to God. Does that make sense? It's pretty hard for a guy that's got all the money and thinks everything's good. They're very self-sufficient. It is hard to win them over. But one day when that health issue comes or that child falls apart or raised your kids all perfect in the dream, did all the stuff right, really didn't put them in church much, and now they're all falling apart and you're seeing it, sometimes enough sense, as they say, comes to their senses. We go, oh my goodness, I think I know now what's important. And it's hard to do when you're self-sufficient. And they run back to God. Worship team. So as we look at that on the bottom of your outline, I get what's, what's the impossible stone in your life that needs to be rolled away? 
There's not one person in here that doesn't have something in their life. It could be a sin that, that keeps repeating itself, a temptation that keeps repeating itself. You know, it could be a health issue. It could be all of the above. It could be so many things that you go, there's no way. Well, at the bottom you see the resurrection gives us hope and evidence of the power of God. And Lord last night told me this while I was working over that. Maybe with that failure in your life or that repeated struggle, and you love Jesus, you're going to heaven, but you have that struggle in your life or that thought world process or whatever. Pray, God, I need resurrection power on this because I keep repeating myself. I keep failing or I keep falling back into doubt. I need resurrection power in that problem. So I want you to bow your heads. I believe God's Spirit's telling us, do not give up hope. The power that can raise Jesus Christ from the dead is available to us. And the despair we have, the struggle we have, there is victory. Nothing is impossible with God. And what we got to do is humble ourselves and cast it to Him and believe. And believe. And believe. Father, as we sing this song, I pray, even now, that your spirit would draw us. And Lord, let us come to our senses and let us see. Let us be encouraged, even if we're in a down place. And Lord, if we're on top of the mountain right now, and praise the Lord, I bet a lot of people are. We have hope that even when things go down or when our kids have struggles or whatever happens, Lord, there's hope in you because we have made a commitment to never, ever, ever turn back on you. As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Amen. So God, I pray that you would allow us to turn to you, to run to you, do the same work you did in Peter, send the Holy Spirit into our life, give us the power, the healing, the work, do the same thing you did for Brenda, Lord, in our life. And Lord, in the life of our children, and in Lord, the life of our friends, and Lord, we possess the knowledge to pass it on to anyone we come in contact with, only believe. Would you stand with me and sing?
my last brother ready to come up in a second. Before he does, I'm gonna read a little bit. I pulled some words off the internet this morning so I wouldn't have an emotional breakdown. I still might have one, so y'all just hang on. <laughs> so, yeah, be seated for just a couple minutes and. Uh, Thank you so much for all, all that you do and have done. Your patience and love for the people God has entrusted to you is a testament to the glorious love of Christ. I want to encourage you that your labor has not been in vain. I know how hard, how hard you've been working and want to remind you that Jesus is worth it all and that he's working within our congregation. And this is for all of us keep spreading the good news of the gospel. Don't be weary, but cast all your cares on the Lord. If and when discouragement comes, remember that he's with you and for you. Jesus is pleased with you, and we... Love and appreciate you so much. Come on up. Now's the, the fun part. Hopefully I'll do a little better getting through this. Uh, several of you through the recent weeks have uh, given a little bit of money toward a, a gift for Brother Ray. And I know there's exceptions, but most men don't like shopping. It doesn't really matter what it's for, but I think in this case, it's going to be a pretty fun run. Um, we've put together a gift card for you to Academy, okay, and Academy. for those who don't know, it's a little over $1,000. Wow! So, thank you all. Well, man, that'll last 10 minutes. Okay. <laughs> Academy. <laughs> wow, thank y'all. You know I love you. I'll still be around. I do want in the next uh, 10 days or so before I, we go to Dallas and then we're, we're, we're going to be involved in speaking in Kansas. Uh, before, I, before I go, uh, I hope I have an opportunity to shake your hand, hug your neck, and even on that Wednesday night if you're able to come for the meal or next Wednesday night or over at the house, you know, grab me. But I love all of you. You're amazing. You're easy to love. Um, not, not difficult to love at all. Very, very, been amazing. And uh, thank you, Carvin, for all your help. My goodness, he would preach when he didn't really want to. But I preached when I didn't want to. <laughs> we, we do what we got to do. So thank you all so much. I'm going to head to the back then.